Hello, and welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop, your one stop for board game news and reviews. Hold on to your pants, it's time for a special episode. Okay, welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop, it's Steve, I'm here with Kim. Hi everybody. I know, what are you doing here on Saturday morning? I know, I got up, I got dressed. <laughs> Not that, but just like, <laughs> you, you normally uh, don't join me for these morning chats, so I'm happy to have you here. Good. I'm glad we arranged it. I'm glad we got. <laughs> so, yeah. So Kim's here um, because we want to talk about a topic. At last week, when I posted the video of Skyrim, had a lot of questions about Skyrim and a separate guard and Iridia, and we thought we'd just you know let's have a chat today about that stuff. So, yep. so Kim's joined me this morning because she has also played each of these games. Played so. is a loose term. Well, they're prototypes, yeah. Yeah. you know, so, right. But you've experienced each of these, so uh, we've been very fortunate to have that uh, ability between the two of us, so we thought we'd sit down and talk about each of the games and kind of go through, you know, step-by-step step how they compare across all of them. We're not going to necessarily say which one's better or worse, um, because I honestly think that they all do something different. I know, because we were talking last night. Hi, hi Dan. Hey, Dan. Um about trying to figure out, okay, what are the differences? Do right. I like one thing better than the other? And we will get into all this, but it's, they are just very different, but even very though different. they're the same, like role-playing Open niche, world, open yeah, world type thing, mm -hmm. but they do, mm -hmm. they are different. Yeah. Very true. Okay, let's, let's go into it. So probably the quickest one to go through is player count. So Iridia is one to four players, and so is Skyrim. As if guards, the only one that's not up to four players, that's only max two players. Which I didn't know, actually, until last night. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? Because <laughs> we just always play two players. Right, right. So that's going to be a, probably a big factor for some people. If you need to play more than two people, then my server guard is definitely out. Or you want the option to. Or you want the option, yeah. exactly. Now, the other thing is, can you play these true solo? And I would say that Skyrim definitely does true solo. What I mean by that is I can play as a single character in the world. Um, Iridia also seems that way as well. I'm pretty sure you could play solo in that one. Yeah, because I played solo in that one too. Isofarian Guard, you can play solo, but it's not necessarily true solo because you do control multiple characters, but you move together as a group. So now, you always need a party in that Party game. too, correct. Okay. Correct. Um, and that one, though, the tutorial, when you start playing the game, the first campaign, you start off as only one character and the other character joins shortly. So it is mechanically set up to do that, but thematically and how the enemies work, it's really designed for that multiple character experience, for sure. Now, I am one person who does not like to control multiple characters in the game. And sometimes, you know, just a, more of a thematic disconnect. Um, so, but I've played Isofarian Guard solo multiple, control multiple characters you know, i've gone on the stream a few times um and that doesn't bother me at all in that, that game for sure but so that's one major difference between them okay the the play times of these games is a tough one to discuss and i think they're all the same in this regard yeah because as an open world you can just keep going correct you can kind of start and stop whenever you want to for the most part right iridia has a save point you have to get back to town to save your game because it's got a system storage system that kind of ties into that and in, into that um isofarian guard as you can do the same thing as as iridia in that regard but you can also just write down the number of nodes you found um 
and then put everything back in the box that way. Skyrim is a little more complex. You can save it basically at any point, but it has a tuck box system. So you have to put everything in these, these tuck boxes and different cards go in different spots and different tokens go into different those boxes signify different elements on the board. Yep. So Ryan's got a question. Put it on the whiteboard. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> For the end of the discussion, do these games fill enough of a similar role on your shelf? Ah. We'll you, you'll get there later? And you know. No, get there later. Just get there later. Okay, we'll do it. What remains on the board during saves? Like Skyrim, that's tough. Yeah. So with the board of Ice of Guard, it is literally just a giant map. And you've got nodes. You really need to just keep track of where the your last save point is and where you are currently are. There's also potentially some other quest tokens on the board. It's pretty minor, honestly, in that one. You can just write that stuff down. So when you put it away, though, you're, like, taking it out. So you do need, like, a, a note yeah. pad you for probably that need, game. Okay. Probably, yeah. But the character stuff is all nicely, you know, still in that. That's all nice, tucked away. You got your own little box, and it's all set. Exactly. Which is also true for Iridia. Like, it all slides in the box. You don't have to touch anything. It's really great for that side. Um, but that one, the a lot of the game is stored within how you organize the cards in the trays. So, like, as you explore cards, you put them in the back or the front, or the different map tiles in the back or front. So when you return to those locations, it's already set up for you. You just pull it out of you the box. You just pull it out of the box, right. But you've got more to manage during the game to have that capability to save easier. Okay. So So what about Skyrim? Which that's is the hard, one that's, hard to say. That one's hard to say because we haven't seen the physical prototype. I've only read it in the rule book. But yeah, you've got a lot of different tuck boxes. So if you, you'll take your cards and you put them into your, a box signifying your character. So you know your your equipment, your abilities, and stuff like that. Now, all your level tokens as well. Now, the the weird thing about keeping track of Skyrim is you do have other things on the board. For example, uh, wandering monsters. So those will go into a tuck box as well. And when you draw them back out, you can place them on any wild space. So it won't necessarily retain the same exact location that you left the game in um, for that game. So, I mean, you could, if you really want to, take a picture of the board, which honestly I probably would, so I could set up the, the, the roaming monsters exactly where they were. you do that. I would do that. Yeah, you, he already does that. That's yeah. normal for Steve. So that's that's the main difference when set up and tear down, putting things away uh, for, for these games. Uh, let's, yeah, let's keep ch checking down this list. We've got a lot to talk about. So um, let's talk about the narrative elements of the game. Like, how do these games share their story oh yeah right <laughs> all these will save on tts easy enough yeah, that's yeah. very true <laughs> although so i played skyrim on tts last night and i was there was just too too much like it was that was it, probably your first time playing tts right yeah i've never used tts before mm -hmm. but it was just like i'd rather i don't know give me the physical thing or i can go play skyrim on the playstation <laughs> so. yeah tts is it's great that we have it, but as I think a lot of people agree, that it, the interface it, is a little. Uh, I'm sure if I. You get used to it. I'm sure if I tried again, I'd be like, okay, now I know where I'm looking for things and all that, but yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I like Dan's coming here. Just say right before all the roaming monsters attack. <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't there. So, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. Okay, so, narrative elements. Yes, narrative elements. This we were talking about last night, I think, mm -hmm. is the biggest divergence. Of the games. Correct. Yeah. Correct. 
So I would so Skyrim is controlled by a deck of quest cards. So if you played game like Fallout, for example, where you've got a quest, gives you a bunch of stuff you need to do, pass or fail, tell you what happens, and then you have a, a an option at the end. Well, if you passed or failed, or if you choose to do one versus out there, it'll take you to take, the, take this card, put it back in the box, grab card 172 now. Or if I did this other thing, I grab card 647, whatever it is, right? And you pull those out, and then they'll, they'll continue on with the story. So it's all very... The narr narration is on the card itself, and those are the cards you're reading, and, and revealing the story as you go. Mm -hmm. It felt more linear, but it's because I don't think I did... I didn't play a ton, so that's yeah. why the term play is very loose. Right. Um, but you're right. So you have a starting point. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Ryan's like, that's a tough one to jump in for TPS, yeah, which is a, true. It's a bad benchmark. I'm <laughs> yeah, not going to use yeah, that. Um, um, but yeah, I can see where, because all your characters, you can start on different quests. Mm -hmm. And I think you said the designer said he designed it like a pyramid, mm -hmm. where you can start with a whole bunch of options, you know, on the base level of your pyramid, but you're all leading towards that that final Correct. destination. Correct. That's so. how it was described to me. Yep. And then Isofarengard, its narrative elements are more dictated through an app, right? So this is foretellers being used in that system, where it's going to be um, the, the campaign elements are kind of already set out for you to discover. But along the way, you will be able to go wherever you want and explore what you want. So you kind of have this main narrative storyline that's happening and off that you've got your own branches you can you can add your own your own, your own story to it but the main story is kind of set the way it is right mm -hmm. and then Rydia is very different than those other two because it is very much an emergent narrative meaning that you will just go to different spots and as you uncover that there will have different uh different people to talk to different events that happen and you will tell the story as you play the game now, there's a lot of pros and cons when it comes to replayability for these games. Um, the, the one that's probably the most difficult for replayability is Iridia. Because that one, you know that if I go to this spot or go or to this cabin... eat a cookie, what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you know, you kind of know what's going to happen to that game, right? And it's hard to forget that those elements. So the first time you play it will be awesome for sure. Replaying, you kind of know what's happening. Now, I did replay that game multiple times with different characters. And even though I knew it was coming, I still had a blast playing it. So it was still a lot of fun. The fun is not not solely in the narrative aspect, though the narrative aspect is awesome. The fun also is just the gameplay itself, from my experience. But um, So that one is is uh, probably the most difficult one because of replayability. Skyrim is probably, probably between the two, I would say. Because in that one, you've got all these branches. So like... Yeah, I know kind of where the story's going, but last time I chose option B, now I'm going to choose option A this time and see where it takes me. Yeah, and you can, I guess with all of them, you go to different areas and do different things. So, I mean, there's a lot of options to try playing it again, like you're saying. Right, for sure. Yeah. But the other thing about the narration is, like, in Iridia, you are more so the the AI characters in the sense that you're playing off each other and reading as characters and steve puts on his best female voice i'm so sorry <laughs> and so that that's fun in itself yeah yeah, yeah um, that's, good. that's a good point because we're talking about dialogue like the only one you dialogue in is iridia you actually make yeah. choices in the dialogue situation yeah like you're talking to the 
NPs. NPCs, right. Yeah. The other ones, like, you kind of read what's happening, but yeah. you don't like, necessarily make an active choice in what's Yeah, saying. your choice is what do you do? do you, right, right. Which path are you taking? Not so much I'm gathering information from this character to help, Correct. you know, build the story. Correct. Yeah, and getting down to Isofarian Guard is we have all these nodes you go to, all these points on the map you go to, and each pot, spot you go to will have different different uh, monsters or events or things you can come across, and that's going to be random each time you go there. So even if you go there multiple times, go back and forth, it's going to be different. So I feel like the replayability of that one is going to be pretty high, even if you know what the overall story is going to be in that game. Comment here, um, typically narrative games work the opposite way. We start in the same place and have multiple endings, which is interesting because Skyrim, that's another thing to talk about, is how you move around the map. In Skyrim, you are each a different character on the board. Mm-hmm. You can, can occupy the same space for sure, but you're kind of running around doing your own things. So my quest might be over in the east side of the map, you might be the west side of the map, we might be, hey, this is a dungeon, can you come meet me here and we can do it together? So there's opportunities to do, do both a solo adventure and a in a cooperative dungeon delve in that game. And the other games, you're party and you're staying together. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So Ice of Vanguard, you're the this character. Um, in fact, the miniature comes with both characters on on the on the single mini and moving around. This is our together spot as you move together. Uh, move together. So it's together like so many times later. <laughs> and then Aridia is you're also moving as a party. Now in Aridia, when you get down to the local maps, yes, that's where you can separate. But you're still together in that localized zone yeah because in the over in the large map you're a single pawn right so exactly so yeah there's different elements of how you move together the other one to think about a little bit is in Iridia, you've got i believe six character classes and a bunch of different uh, species you can pick in that game so a lot of different combinations to build your own character and you can choose any combination of those those to form your party and skyrim's honestly the same way you can choose kind of your own, you know, species class, and then you can build your character off from that. Though each each species in that game tends to be focused towards certain ways. Like the Khajiit's good at stealth, so you might want to like sneaky cat. <laughs> exactly, you might want to like lean to that a little bit more. Um, and Isofarian Guard, when you're playing through it, there are five campaigns, and the first four campaigns, it's set for two characters at a time. And it's set that way so that it's kind of balanced around those two characters. At the last campaign, then you can pick and choose who you want to be in your party. So if you really want to like pick your party stuff, I'd say the other two gives you more flexibility in that regard than Isofarian. Mm-hmm. Um, technically, Isofarian Guard works works fine mechanically if you were to, like, let's play campaign one, but use different characters. It works mechanically, but because the narration is centered around those characters and those characters would be talking and doing the narrative elements, mm-hmm. it would have a disconnect in that sense. So yeah, that's that's kind of the other aspect of it is how, if you want to have that control. Yeah, so if you care more about picking your particular mm-hmm. character, you're saying Skyrim might give you a little bit more option there. Yeah. Okay. Sky- uh, and Iridia, those two. So. Iridia, okay. Yep, yep. So yeah, that is that's a character creation. Uh, let's talk about the big one that a lot of people like to talk about is combat. Like let's compare mm-hmm. combat across them. So Skyrim, Skyrim is based around a not really a push your luck, but a, a dice rolling with with odds going in it. You always roll three dice for combat, and you're trying to get a number of symbols. Could be a combination of circles, triangles, and diamonds. And the odds of the dice are there's a lot more circles. 
than triangles, a lot uh, more triangles than diamonds. So you kind of get an idea of how difficult it is based upon the symbols you have to roll. And then you can spend a resource to add more dice to your roll to increase your chances. Increase your chances, right. And for the most part, outside of combat, you can keep adding more resources, keep rolling. So you, as long as you have resources, you keep keep trying to get it. Skyrim, roll a dice. Yes. Try and get those results. Get the result. The yeah. AI is di dictated by a die roll as well. If you roll the dice, see if they do what they have on the charts. And there's a lot. There's a, a system where there's physical combat, kind of like dexterity combat and magic combat. Uh, three different aspects. And so you kind of balance which ones you block against, which ones you attack against, do the most damage, and receive the least amount of damage. Okay. Um, Iridia is based on kind of a, a natural mapping of combat where each enemy has different hit areas and each weapon you attack with will have different, um, I say natural mapping because if if I swing with a sword, I will have a, a, a cross attack going from right to left or, or top down with a staff or maybe I'm stabbing with a spear and I have a, a center point attack. And so you'll be rolling a d20 and trying to hit different, get a, Various, lo various levels of success. If I roll low, I might only get one success. If I roll high, I might get two or three success. And you're trying to fill all the hit points of the enemy to de defeat them. Meanwhile, the enemy is getting these combo points, which are oh, no, not combo points, um, uh, threat points, that are going to use their AI to move around the board and attack us as well. Mm -hmm. And so there's a little bit more, uh, I say strategy, not to say there isn't strategy in how you're, what attacks you're using in Skyrim, but mm -hmm. like if you have a certain type of weapon it might make sense for your partner mm -hmm. to go first because right. the way the enemy's hit target areas are laid out, you know, I wouldn't maximize my hits unless Steve does something first. Correct. So Correct. there's a little bit more analysis, maybe? Is that the right word I want to use? Um, opportunities for cooperation, maybe? Okay, maybe. Maybe? I'm not sure. Something like that. But yeah, you described it well on, on how that how it unfolds in combat for Iridia. Isoferian Guards, combat is... By far the most involved of of all of these, I would say, because you're drawing chips from a bag, and these chips are your resources, and you spend those resources on six powers and abilities you have on your board, and you have a standard attack too for seven really, to trigger your abilities and and win the game basically. That's how it works. It's kind of sounds harder to describe, okay, but it's, so, once you see it, it's really easy. Yeah, <laughs> Go ahead. But that one is very, it feels very different to the two because it's just, honestly, it's just not dice. You're not dice rolling to see what the result is of the dice, and then that's what happened. This one is, I'm picking what I can, you know, the resources, and then I can choose what to do with that. Um, and you explained that nicely last night. Random input versus random output is what it is, right? Yes. So... <laughs> Yeah, we were talking about this topic a little bit last night. So, random input, meaning that the randomness happens before my decision point. So, in Isofran Guard, I don't know what chips I'm drawing from the bag. But once I draw the chips, I have the, I have the ability to decide how I'm using them. And how I use them, it's going to happen for sure. There's no random element at that point um, for the effects that are going to happen. As opposed to Iridia, where, okay, I want to try swing my sword. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to roll the dice and then... That effect will show me yeah, what effect I yeah. have. Or with Skyrim, where it's like, I'm right. going to do this attack, roll the dice, that's what happens. Yep, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So yeah, if you look at the randomness, there's there's that level of it. There's also, what other random elements do they have in the game? I think for Skyrim, it's all based around the dice die rolling. 
dice rolling there in that game. Yeah, I think it's all dice rolling. For Ice of Vanguard, there's also like so the random elements moving across the nodes that, that can happen. Um, and then Iridia, I don't know if there's as many other random elements in that one. I guess the random element might be like the event deck as well as you travel around the board. Um, but you kind of you kind of have an idea what's going to be in there after a few plays of it. Um, the maps. Let's talk about that real quick. So both Isofer and Guard and Skyrim have a giant global map, and I think Skyrim the only map you have in the game is the global one. I've not seen anything else for that game, and I don't think there is anything else for that one. But it could all change. It could change. No idea. <laughs> yeah, um, Isofer and Guard and Iridia, they both have a global map, and then they both also zoom into two areas as well. So for Isofern Guard, if you go into uh, cities for sure, you will zoom into a smaller map for that one. Um, for for your wilderness encounters, you generally do not. So the Iridia one, each spot you go to has its own zoom-in spot. So no matter what you do, you're moving around the map globally, but you almost always zoom into a smaller map. So that is how the maps work. We talked about uh, replayability. Talk about uh, cooperation. Well, game. that's... I'm going to jump back to the Okay, map. go ahead. Go so ahead. the immersiveness, immersiveness of the maps, I do think, vary. Okay. Because you can zoom into certain areas in, like, mm. Iridia and um, sure. ISO. And, like, the Iridia artwork that we've seen is cool. Like, there's this building. I'm going into this specific building, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then I end up talking to this random person who's just a little meanie to me. But, um... <laughs> Anyway, so I, like that level of immersiveness, I think you get a little bit more in games like that. Yes. Yeah. And the other thing about Iridia is as you interact with elements on the maps, you might replace map tiles with other map tiles. Maybe somehow the the house burned down or something. I'm making something up. And then maybe now you now whenever you go back to the spot, you put a burnt down house tile on into that spot. It has a persistence persistence in memory in that game. Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool um there's also things you could do in isofer and guard where there's a, a town you can you can build up um it's not a, not a spoiler that's on the kickstarter you can do stuff like that in that game um oh actually that can also ties into non-combat stuff we should talk about that a little bit probably probably <laughs> so for skyrim the non-combat is going to be a lot of skill checks i would say so sometimes it's like go talk to someone so roll a bunch of dice and see it's the same com same dice rolling system as combat, but now applied to skills, I'd say. Mm -hmm. And for Iridia, you also have that. Right? I need to do dex skill. Well, what's my bonuses? Let's roll some dice, see if I can achieve that, that goal. Um, for Isofer and Guard, it is definitely combat focused, like all the chips are there. Uh, you also have non-combat things you can do as well, like um, harvesting and mining and fishing. And like I said, building up that talent is another one. So you do, do do have those options. In Iridia, you also, as you're exploring the world, you you might have riddles to solve or other puzzles to solve. I'm not going to get into what those are, but I'm just saying they're in the game. I did come across a few of them as I was, as I was playing. Um, not to mention there are powers and abilities you have in the game that are not combat-focused. And I believe Isofer and Guard, I don't think I saw anything that wasn't combat-focused there. And then for Skyrim, you do have non-combat focus abilities as well. Something like increase my speech ability, for example. Yeah. Oh, because like last night, I had to tell people a good story. And was my storytelling good enough? No. <laughs> right. It was not. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 
that is so yeah there's a lot of different non-combat option options in there and maybe talk about leveling up real quick okay so for skyrim um as you go around the board you defeat enemies everyone receives the same experience if you're working together if you're not you're doing your quest or do my quest you'll get different amounts of experience and then once you hit a, a different a certain level of experience uh, you can then level up. You cannot gain more experience than you than you need for your level in that game. So I can't bank a bunch and like level up one, get to the next level and have some leftover experience. In Isofar and Guard, you are together, and so you you will be gaining the same amount of experience in that one. Um, in actually, let's go back to Skyrim real quick. In that one, all the experience levels you need are the same. And the abilities you can pick from are all the same. So, like, if I want to take a a a stealth character, give him speech. If I want to give him one-handed attacks, whatever, I can do that. And you could be the warrior, and you can also give one-handed attacks. It's whatever you want, right? Mm -hmm. We have the same pool we can pull from for those. Now, for Aridia, you get the same experience because you're you're together, right? But when you level up, each character in that game is going to have a very unique tech tree. Yes. I don't think there's anything shared at all between them. Um, even some of the items you get are unique to your class you're playing as. Mm -hmm. You're playing as a thief, you get special bows and and um, traps and stuff like that. So that's that's very different. Not not to mention that you unlock the abilities in Iridia. So it doesn't mean you have the ability. You still need to do something in-game to fully unlock it. So I might be like, oh... I know how to. I know how to taunt ability, but in order to do that, I need to end my turn next to an enemy or something. I'm making it up. I don't just something like that. And now I have that ability unlocked to me. Or maybe in order to do this cooking skill, I need to find the spot on the map and go talk to this person. And they teach me the cooking skill, for example. And then Isofar and Guard is a very complex tech tree, a leveling up tree, like branches going everywhere. And you get the same amount of experience, but you choose how you want to spend them and what chips to unlock. Some chips will be added to your bag permanently. Some of our, our ability cards you can now add to your deck and change your character however you want. Um, Are any of that specific to the character, or is it similar in that Skyrim everybody can kind of choose from the same pool? They are all, in Ice of Vanguard, they're all specific to the character. Okay. There's no common items you can pick in that game. Unless you're talking about like stat boots, boosts, like for example, like, oh, I have a, a purple health chip in my bag, and so do you, for example, right? Okay. That's basically what comes down to it. But yeah, so those, those I'd say, are unique paths to go through. I would say that Ice Fair and Garb has the most options to level up with, with that tree that I've seen. Um, Skyrim has a good amount, too, and Ice and Iridia has... It's a good amount, too. Yeah, they <laughs> do. They do. It's really hard to judge, because like, we've only seen part of the games, each of these, so we're doing our best to try to summarize and compare them across the board. But it's like I said, until we get the real deal, it's gonna be hard to like say, hey, this is the one's best in this situation, right? But well, I wouldn't even say one's better over the other because again, preference. It's very true. <laughs> it's very true. Like some of these things you talk about, like, oh, I don't care about that, and whatever, you know. Yeah. This one, oh, I do care about that. I really want to. I think this game's better for me. So, mm -hmm. um, we talked about playtime, right? Yeah, we did. Did we? Yeah, because oh, talk about like yeah. you can save at any point for these games for the most part. Yeah. So you can be like, hey, I got to do like a thirty-minute adventure time and then <laughs> exactly you know, exactly go go out and do something but um or you can play for hours you can yeah. you keep playing as much as you want 
I think these are most of the elements we're going to talk about for these games um, in the chat. If you guys have specific questions you want to answer, let's go back up to, I know we had a question earlier that we want to cover. Um, and we'll answer that real quick. That so one, that this one, one here. That one. Okay. Question for the end of the discussion. Do these games fill enough of a similar role on your shelf that you don't really need two or three of these? When we first started talking about mm -hmm. this in preparation, mm -hmm. I had said, yes, they're all very similar in that they are a adventure open world game. But then as we start getting into the details, I'm not so sure on that part actually anymore mm -hmm. because like the combat's very different. I really like the Isofarin Guard combat style and how I can still make decisions based on what I draw after the fact. So the hmm? randomness is first. Um, but the Iridia, you know, narration, storytelling, where you're immersive in the characters and asking, you know, NPC questions is really interesting and fun as well. And then Skyrim, I also just love that world. And yeah, so it's very hard to say one is, you know, will satisfy all um, desires, I guess. Yeah, and I think that kind of leads into why I was so interested in these games in the first place, because I was interested to know that is are one of these just going to need to be better than all of them? Is it going to replace them? And do I only if I if I had one of these in my collection, would I always just pick that game off the shelf? Just like for what reason, right? Yeah, or if you had all three, would you always go back to one? And then mm -hmm. that answers a question right. where maybe I wouldn't have you know, spent the money on these others. Correct, correct. And playing them, they all, despite being open world, I think they all feel very different. I was I was not expecting that. I was expecting to be like, oh yeah, come back. Yes, this game can replace this one. I would, I would play this one over the other. Now, some of them I do enjoy more. I'll say that much. From, from what you've what, seen. From what I've seen. It's very, again, correct. asterisk. Exactly. But I don't think they replace each other. It's just that, like, from my personal taste, I prefer games of this nature versus that nature, I would say. Well, I mean, it, I think it depends on what, like, high-level adventure games, if you if that's your criteria, yeah, then just pick one. But as you drill into it, they start on their own individual paths. I mean, you kind of show, we've talked about it on this chat, right? Because there's just, each of these elements are so, they're so different between them, right? Mm -hmm. Like player counts, or this probably the closest one that's similar. Um, even zooming the maps at different levels of doing that, some do it, some do it a little bit, some do it a lot. Right? There's different different gradients of that, and so it's really hard to say which one would replace the others in that sense. So I know Barrett. That's what Steve said. He's like, I guess I'm just gonna buy all <laughs> of them. All, yeah. You know? Yeah, that's expensive yeah. for sure too. Yeah. For sure. Um, but so I guess the way ahead. I would answer that question is which aspect of the open world role-playing game most interests you yeah and then one of these three will probably tail tailor your like style better correct correct and the in the concept of replayability as well in that yeah, sense like you said i know we could you could replay iridia um mm -hmm. but it I is did. it yeah mm -hmm. see you have but i think it would be harder to do that than like skyrim yeah, because you have you have it. Well, it depends if the how the narrative element it gets fed into it. 
Well, <laughs> I have... sure this whole chat is because <laughs> Long Con Defense came on the next big adventure game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cat's out of the bag. Oh, no. <laughs> Call me out. <laughs> um, but, uh, what was it's I, all what was I saying? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> so, I lost my train of thought. I forgot what I was going to say. Because you got exposed. You I got busted. exposed. You busted me. So. <laughs> Um, we were talking oh, with the narrative development, right? Yeah. So, like, how how do you like that presented to you? I think is another one. Like, yes. Like, I think that's going to be a huge driving factor between these games. Do you do you want to have a a a well written setup story that's gonna that's gonna be cohesive through the whole whole experience? Do you prefer emergent narrative? Do you prefer picking your own path? Right. That's really what comes down to it. Um, if you want to see how the 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 narration will branch and end at the same spot, so. Yeah. Oh yes, and Dan is here mentioning Har Harakiri. So it's another open world zooming into space. I'm gonna game. have to stop you at three. I'm sorry. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so this one is uh this one's got oni and demons and stuff like that. It's got a cool little setting for it. So that is coming up. Is it funny that I know oni simply because of Ninjago Legos? <laughs> that means you've got a kid. Yes. <laughs> so true. So true. We've watched so many of those Lego and Jago videos. So that's how I know that term. Okay. Yep. yep. Um, but yeah. yeah. So and that's actually a good point because these three are not the only ones out there. These are the three that we have had experience playing this year and people are asking about. But there's a lot more games that could be considered in the same vein that we did not play, um, like uh, Mythwind, for example. That is an open world. Um, development game where you can be like a farmer or a carpenter and you're working together to build up this this world how you want to explore it it's not that one's not combat focused it's also um lands of galzir as well where you're playing different animals and you, you go around the board and have this big old adventure as well that one is uh, app driven speaking of another thing being another thing that comes in these games right yes and so, um, Agimony is another one that could be considered a little bit like an open world. It's more of a campaign with choices within each story element. So, yeah, I feel like this year has been a heavy year of focusing on these open world adventure games, which I personally love a lot. So, oh yes, yes, good question, uh, oh, Pumpkinhead. <laughs> yes, wasn't uh, Icefront Guard last year? It was probably actually even before that, to be honest. <laughs> So it's just that um, we were able to play it this year and people have been asking about it, uh, comparing these three games. But yeah, you're exactly right. Yep. And that one, the the pledge manager did close recently, but you can still order the game direct from the website as an option. Mm -hmm. Iridia, the pledge manager, just opened recently and Skyrim, the Kickstarter, sorry, the game final campaign is still currently active. So you can jump in on these games if you need to. But yeah. Lots of open world games. It's impossible to play them all. Like we said, well, these are the three we've actually actually played with, you know, caveat Skyrim being tabletop sim. Mm -hmm. We did play them. So we were going to focus on these, plus these are the ones people are asking about. So, um, yeah, yeah, Baron. Agreed that the open world is a big group recently, like Dungeon Crawls about two or three years ago were a big thing, which is very true. Yeah, Dungeon Crawls have been huge for a long time. There haven't been that many open world adventure games. Like the one that I like a lot, and we've played this quite a bit, is Runebound. Mm -hmm. Right, that's an open world adventure. Really love that game. But uh, not too many Dungeon Crawls. So, okay. 
I don't have any more to ask about, and you guys have other questions, so... <laughs> other than it's been cemented, you're getting all three of these now. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so expensive. So, we talked about this a little bit, yeah. so... Yeah. Ow. But yes, there's other games that I'm also looking at, and honestly, the budget is... It's a thing. It's a thing. It's so, a thing, for sure. But yeah, it it's interesting, for sure, just thinking about the differences of all three of these and what you know what their strengths are or i don't even know if it'd be strengths but really their their focal highlights yeah yeah and, and what sure. they're trying to accomplish um again it, it'd really be i'd ask yourself what aspect of the open world is most important to me or that i get the most out of and then take a look at the lineup absolutely well said. And if you guys have further questions we didn't answer here, drop in the comments below. We'll do our best to answer those. And, of course, join our Discord. We have active discussions over there all the time. So, But, yeah, I think that's going to wrap up our chat today. And thanks, Kim, for joining me on this, your first ever co-op chat. That's not true. What? I've been here before. You have? I swear I have. It's not a false memory. You just forget the time that you spend with me. <laughs> it could be true. <laughs> it could be true. <laughs> I'm not important. <laughs> so, but anyway, thanks for joining us. See you at the next stop. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop. Or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again and we'll see you next week for another top five list.